the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. There's a good feel-good mentality yesterday on Wall Street. It was a hawkish-sounding Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, um, talking about a weakening dollar, talking about the treasury market, talking about a resilient stock market. The full effects of rapid tightening so far have yet to be felt, and we have more work to do. We heard all of that. We heard the negatives. But then we were looking, and we saw the dollar weaken. The treasury yield shot lower. Stock prices shot higher. He was saying the right things. Federal Reserve raised interest rates 25 basis points. He did say that rate cuts in 2023 would be appropriate if economic conditions evolved in line with Fed expectations, yet he tempered that view with the acknowledgement that if the Fed sees inflation coming down more quickly, it will play in the Fed's policy setting, i.e. we're seeing disinflation. He's seen it too. He doesn't want to say it out loud, but he did. He doesn't want to admit that we're, we might be done tightening. We're not done tightening. Probably one more, maybe two more. That's according to experts, not according to me. And there's a lot of opinions out there. Now, keep in mind, the Federal Reserve, they take the reins to fight inflation on the way up. And it's a group of 20, 25, 30 bankers around the United States. But when we get to the point of an aggressive rate hike has been done, a cycle, at some point in time, millions and millions and millions of people start saying, you know what, we think we're going to start putting more money in treasuries. We, we think he's gone too far. We think rates are going to come down. Wow. That's what we're seeing. Now, again, doesn't mean it's going to happen in three months. It's not going to be instant gratification. And there are problems in the market. Right now, the Federal Reserve um, has to deal with a stock market that's rocketing. That can create inflation. If you're up 20% this year, you can go, I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to buy a boat. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy whatever. And Jerome Powell said, we we see housing coming down. We're pleased. Ultimately, I would like recessions to last two to three years because the first year gets rid of like really speculative things like Bitcoin, gets rid of stocks that go up 100%. it doesn't stop. Second year, you're starting to see some job cuts and you're starting to see people become a little bit more frugal with their money. We went from a market yesterday trading at 18 times next year's earnings. Historically, we trade around 17 times. But by the end of the day, we're at 19 times because there was a big jump in the stock market. Also, numbers are coming down on earnings expectations. So when I say we trade at 18 times earnings, 19 times earnings, it's a PE multiple on the earnings expectations on the S&P 500. When we get to 20, it's frothy. When we get to 22, it's really frothy. When we get to 24 times earnings, you're like sitting in a bar and you watch a bartender pour a beer and you're like, that's all head. Like, what do you, do you not know how to pour a beer? 
that's too frothy. It's not good. Now, when you get down to 15, 14, 13 times earnings, you're like, that's, that's a, a pretty lean scenario. So right now we're on a historically high side, not by a lot, but in the interest rate environment that we're in, which is higher, you could probably make a case of like, we've done good. Let's go sideways for a bit. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because I'm not in control. That's what I'm saying would like, if you were to ask me textbook, what, where should we go? I'd do sideways, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm thrilled. It's, it's nice to see the year start off well and get a little bit of a rebound for people. Meta platforms had a blowout quarter. They're up 20% today. They announced a $40 billion share buyback, but even more important, they talked about being 2023, the year of efficiency. Wall Street kind of wants to know that he's not, you know, Twitter. He's not Elon Musk and going off and spending just silly and changing the rules and buying Twitter for $40 billion. Now it's probably worth $20 billion. They want to see some fiscal constraint and control. Today we get Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, all reporting after the close tonight. This 48, 72-hour period is my favorite on Wall Street. Because I like telling stories about Apple and Google and Amazon and Facebook. I like, you know, Snap falling apart and Facebook saying, you know, we're going to buy back shares and they can't even afford to buy back. So now let's talk about some non-tech stocks, okay? Because man cannot live on steak alone. He needs some vegetables. Um, I was asked, what is my favorite vegetable? Is this bad of me to say edamame? Or <laughs> like, I'm very, very picky eater. Um, peas, not my favorite. So the market, the Dow is being weighed down today on Honeywell and Merck following earnings reports and guidance. So it's, it's, it's a market of winners and losers. Maybe that'll be a stock pickers market for the year 2023. It's too early to tell. Um, the initial jobless claims came out this morning. They decreased by 3,000 to 183,000. The job market's great. That's the one thing the Fed would probably wish that they could be genie for my dream of genie, Barbara Eden. If she can twinkle her nose and make wages go down 5%, she would. But then inflation going up 6, 7, 8% in 2022 is a problem. In the end, we want to see wages slow. Only because we live in the world of Goldilocks. I know you're saying, I want my wages to skyrocket. Fair. Fair. I want your wages to skyrocket too. But the initial jobless claims means not a lot of people are losing their jobs. 183,000. If I die today, any number under 350,000 is considered bullish for the economy, bullish for work. Now, again, bullish for the economy may create more inflation, which is we're kind of like, eh, I'd like to see that come down. Elsewhere in the world, Bank of England and the European Central Bank raised key lending rates by 50 basis points. The Federal Reserve only did 25. We are leading the world right now with our monetary policy. It would be nice if our government could figure out um, our budget so that we don't default on our debt. How do we fund it going forward? We print money. That's a bit of a problem. But that's a kicking the can down the road problem. Right now, we're seeing the dollar weaken. And ultimately, I want the Fed to lower interest rates because we, when I say we, me and Joe Biden, me and president, whoever the president of the United States is, we as a nation borrow money to fund our lifestyle and to fund our roads and fund our schools and fund a lot of things. The higher the yield, the more we have to pay back. Uh, now, again, do I like 1%? No, because I like Goldilocks. 
They're like 5%. No. And for the record, Goldilocks was a burglar. She broke into those bears' houses. And then think about that. If someone broke into your house and slept in your beds, your kid's bed's kind of creepy. Your bed's okay. No, it's kind of creepy. But the couch, yeah, that's where she should. That's, that, that's the perfect place for a burglar to sleep. Couch. Same idea here. Anyhow, and anyway, um, the stock market has a lot to process. Tonight, we get more earnings. I hope you enjoy this time of the year. I know that I certainly do. I'm here for you. Let's get you to retirement. I got a big seminar coming up in seven days. It's going to be in Cupertino. It's on wealth preservation. It's on income and retirement. It's on taxes and retirement. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black's show. It's Cupertino, Thursday, 630 to 830 with CFP Chad Burton. We're going to do four this year on the peninsula. This is the second of four. Sign up today at Rob Black Show. It's a free event. And thanks for listening. I, I really, really appreciate it. And I, I love seeing people. Super important to me to make that connection. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Meta's up 20% today. Following pleasing earnings. A lot of big interest today in mega cap space as Intel is considered old tech. Facebook is considered meta is considered new tech. I want to own old tech. Although listen to this, Microsoft is kind of an old tech, right? But they really got into the cloud intelligently a lot like Google and a lot like um, a lot of startup companies have been doing. Salesforce.com, not a startup company, but Salesforce is an intriguing company to me right now because they've got activist investors there who I I, I think they're just there because it's a great company. It's been way oversold, but it's also done some acquisitions that are questionable and it's got no strategy for change of leadership. I'm telling you, like I'm thinking out loud here right now. I'm showing you what I see as the problems or the issues. I'm all, I always have my eyes on stocks. It's just the way I like to talk. But do I think about financial planning? Yes. I sat down last night. I looked at my social security statement. Um, I looked at the income that I'm going to make from my regular accounts. I looked at the income that I'll make in my retirement accounts. And do I delay my retirement accounts till I'm 70, 70 and a half, 72? Don't know yet. I'm still figuring out all my options. Um, hopefully you will as well. I work with a certified financial planner who gives me wonderful feedback because sometimes I get above my skis and sometimes I get a little too close to the sun. And it's always nice to have someone put you in check. The average new car price has rose to a record $49,507. That's a lot of money. The three things that can get you to lose a lot of wealth fast, cars, divorces, and homes. Last night, I had a little bit of insomnia, and I was running kind of my own financial plan. Um, Start of the year, you know, see where I should put some extra money kind of thing. Um, And one of the areas that I did was I updated my home prices. I do this every six months in my financial planning software. I use something called eMoney. EP Wealth allows me access to eMoney. And it kind of hurt because I had to take my primary home and write off Last year at this time, it was worth about, or six months ago, it was worth probably $400,000 more than it is today. Boo. Now on a 18 month basis, it's still up 400,000, but it was up 800 and it's given back 400, right? 
Now, again, I'm not selling today, so it's really not worth that. I don't know what it's worth. Depends on what I'm going to sell it. I look at how much equity I have in the home, not earn, doing anything other than just sitting there. I wish that equity was earning four, four and a half percent in a money market account or a treasury account. There's a lot of things you can like start planning in your head. And then you're like, oh, two o'clock turns into three o'clock, three o'clock turns into four o'clock. So I updated my home values and I updated all the data so I could talk with a CFP later and he can tell me, you know, how I'm doing or how I'm not doing. Other stories of note, MetaShares are up 20%. I would expect, historically speaking, the stock to come down a bit and kind of fill in that gap up. That's a big jump, and they still have problems. The economy still has problems. The stock market still has problems. The stock market has problems with the uh, valuations. The economy has problems with wage inflation, and the Federal Reserve's interest rate hikes haven't hit yet. Remember, they started with a 25 basis point hike. Was it in March 2022? Need errors and emissions to check that for me. But from then on, it got to 75 basis points, 75 basis, 75 basis points. And it takes about nine months for interest rate hikes to kind of play into the economy. Where it hits your credit card, where it hits your mortgage, where it hits uh, you know, borrowing costs. So we're not quite feeling all the effects. So I think things should get a little bit bumpier. But Wall Street's a discounting mechanism. And if I could teach anything today, walk away with this. Wall Street's saying that six months from now, we should be in a better position. Now, again, it's not a broad-based rally today telling you that there's something going on there. Are tech companies able to sidestep the broader economy? Uh, Facebook or Meta shares, they earn a lot of money. Unfortunately for shareholders, and the stock would be a lot higher right now if Mark Zuckerberg didn't have a pet project called the Metaverse. The Metaverse lost a lot of money still. Um, but at the same time, we didn't hear about the Metaverse in the conference call last night till about 12 minutes in. First thing he said was, this is going to be a year of efficiency. We know that Meta has fired some people, let go of some people. But there was a changed tone yesterday. The company beat top line expectations of $32 billion in revenue. There's a chance, and this is just a chance, this is a rumor. And if TikTok gets taken out of the American hands, Facebook has something, you know, Instagram to fall back on. And everyone can say, hey, look at this. And Reels, hey, look at this. YouTube has it as well, but I think Meta would be a big winner. And I'm not a betting man, but there's at least some odds that TikTok gets banned in the United States due to the fact that algorithms can seriously hurt our children. And Facebook's learned that all too well. Where TikTok has recently been caught saying, we're not going to take weight loss we're not going to use the data on you and tie it to commercials for the user. Um, so if you're trying to lose weight and you, you look up Ozempic on your phone, it's not going to suddenly give you, you know, here's the top five ways to lose weight on your TikTok videos. This is going to be a, a second quarter story because I believe TikTok's meeting with Congress in the first quarter in March. But again, story to be told later. Does Meta have some potential? I think they do to go higher. They've materially reduced expense projections, which is what Wall Street wanted to hear. They did a big share buyback, which is what Wall Street wanted to hear. 
there's a compelling, enticing valuation if, and especially if they stop um, the metaverse funding. Now, again, if the metaverse funding turns out, holy mackerel, they got a big winner, winner, chicken dinner on their hands. But right now, I think we're all kind of going, nah, I don't think so. Too soon. But Zuckerberg's 38 years old now. How does that make you feel? Um, when he was just starting as CEO, he was too young. Is he doing better? I'm going to give him credit. I, I think this was a smart conference call. And last time I said something so brilliant or so nice about Facebook and Meta was when they said, you know, desktop doesn't mean much. We're going after mobile. Totally get it. I've been, doing, I've been listening to a podcast. And if you get a chance to listen to this one, I think it's fantastic. It's called The Land of the Giants. And I share this with you, and hopefully you'll share some with me at some point. But right now they're going over Match.com and online dating and some of the problems with online dating. And it's, it's pretty interesting because one in three marriages start with an app now. One in three marriages start with an app. Wow. I could say that mine did not. But mine did start with... Uh, how do I say this without offending the spouse? She knew who I was. And she knew that I could give her good financial advice and she needed financial advice. And then I met her, I was like, wow. Fireworks, right? Um, so I'm done talking about Meta. I think if you want to look at it, you can. But find reasons to like it more than just they had a good quarter. How much money would you have if you invested $1,000 in McDonald's 10 years ago? It's a good question. I oftentimes have some money laying around. I'm like, I wonder what next stock I'm going to buy. And I try to keep all my stocks personally to 20 or less. I don't want to have a menagerie of stocks. No interest. And like I own Nike. I own Apple. It's sort of work advisor for taking action on any stocks that I own. Um, because I said that I own those, I can't sell them for three days. So if I was going to say Steve Jobs, but that's wrong. If Tim Cook comes out and starts blabbering about how we're going to make a a tow watch or a tow ring that connects to the internet, I'm like, ooh, I better get out of that one. I can't do it for three days. So McDonald's, if you put a thousand dollars in it ten years ago, how much would you have? First and foremost, before we answer that, they just reported earnings per share. And their quarterly report, they pulled in $5.93 billion in revenue. They were expected to earn five point six. I like McDonald's in bad economies because people need calories and carbs. And you can get a lot of calories and carbs on a budget at McDonald's. Now, do there is their dollar menu still a dollar? No. But McDonald's said they reported an increase in customer visits. Uh, 10.3% uptick in U.S. sales, higher menu prices, increased demand. Global same-store sales rose 12.6%. Whether it's in Europe or the United States, the consumer's holding up pretty well with McDonald's. And again, I don't like McDonald's food. There's not one point where I've ever watched a video on how chicken McNuggets are made out of pink paste, pink slimy paste. You're like, ooh, that I've gone, yum, that looks delicious. But I know that they're dominant at what they do. They're planning to open 1,900 new restaurants, including more than 400 in the United States. And you thought they were done? They're not. So if you invest $1,000 one minute 
in 2013, you'd have $3,270 10 years later. That's a pretty good return. If you invested $1,000 in 2018, you'd have $1,695. And last year, if you invested $1,000, you'd have $1,066. Even after the market's had a rough year. Is it delicious? No. Is it investable? You should consider it. Broker, make sure you consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned. Don't forget, February 9th, I'm going to be going over some of my stock picks. We're going to be talking about income and retirement. CFP, Chad Burton, myself, Cupertino, Juniper Hotel, 6.30 to 8.30. Free to sign up if you go to robblackshow.com. It's filling up fast. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. One area where I think Elon Musk is right is we do have a bit of a population problem. We need some more babies in the United States to become future taxpayers, or we need to loosen up immigration to bring in future taxpayers. I know there's probably other solutions as well. I know you're saying, but the planet's overcrowded. I totally get all those arguments and thoughts. We need to make our farming more efficient, and we need to make our food delivery more efficient. And a lot of the food issues, it's not that we don't have enough food for the planet. It's that we don't have the enough ability to get it to the people that need it. But we need future taxpayers. Next up, big game day in Meta Platforms following a pleasing earnings report. The word pleasing is sticking in my vocabulary this week. I hate it, but it is what it is. That's stoking interest in big cap tech. Let's see how that holds up tonight after Google, after Apple, and others start reporting their numbers. It's going to be an interesting night. And again, I'm using East Coast vernacular and slang there because on the West Coast, it's more of an afternoon when we hear all these conference calls. Apple's going to have a drop in cell phone revenue. It's going to be dramatic. And will that upset the market? Or will they say, you know what? Uh, we're doing a bigger buyback and we're also managing you know, efficiencies. But Facebook said, the script is right there, Tim, if you want to use it tonight, on what Wall Street wants to hear. Apple spends billions and billions every year on research and development. Just throwing that down there for you. There are areas where they can trump. Oh, and for the record, I own shares of Facebook and not many and shares of Apple. Can you pull back today in treasury yields following Fed Chairman Powell's remarks yesterday? I think that's what the takeaway is, is that he said we have seen disinflation in many areas that were concerning to us, particularly rents. Car prices are are starting to fall. Rents are starting to fall. Mortgages are starting to be thought about slower. And you're seeing a slower increase in home prices, still not negative or even sideways. But we're talking manageable. Where we still have problems is in the labor market, of which tomorrow is Friday, first Friday of the month. And we get the jobs report. Now, yesterday, the JOLTS report showed us there's a lot of job openings in the United States. We still have some problems. We still have some things to work through. I'm not wanting to get you excited. I'm trying to get you like reasonable. Love the start of the year this year. It makes last year, if it was a 12-month year, if you made it into a 13-month year, a lot less painful. A lot less. And psychologically is what I'm talking about because it's paper losses for most people. 
most people didn't have like, oh, I'm in retirement. I have to sell all my stocks today kind of scenarios. Last year was a tough year to retire. Toughest year in my 20 years of doing this where bonds and stocks fell aggressively and fast. Got an email from someone asked saying, I'm paying my financial advisor 1%, but their only communications are when they get invoices. That's unacceptable. Um, instead of firing the person, I would talk to the person first. In the last year, you should have had contact with your certified financial planner or whoever's giving you advice at least two, three, four, five, six times, depending on what type of client you are. Um, that's what I like about the CFP model. My CFP calls me on birthdays. And he calls me once every 90 days. So that puts 360 days in the year, 365. There's probably five holidays where he's not going to call, right? Right, right. You should have interactions. I work with a CFP at EP Wealth. Bernard Arnault. He's taking on Elon Musk with a SPAC deal to take Lotus public. What's interesting to note about this is you're talking about a billionaire. And he's taking Lotus, the electric car company owned by China. And he's agreed to merge it with one of uh, another acquisition company. SPACs have rarely often worked out. This is an interesting one because Arnaud overtook Musk as the world's richest man last month. Now he's trying to say, you make a luxury EV car. My companies can make an electric luxury EV car. That one's not getting big, big news, but it's on my radar. Average new car is $49,507. The Super Bowl party that you're going to have, you're going to see prices come down. Poultry farmers get chicken supply to the highest since 2019. Beer prices are up 11%. Wine's 4% higher than last year. But all things considered, wings and guacamole are cheaper. Just in time for your Super Bowl party, the price of chicken wings has plunged 22%. It's interesting. I've got one son who just... If he could eat only chicken wings, I think he would. And I never thought I'd say that out loud. Yesterday, the Fed said they still have more work to do, but they also admitted that they're seeing some disinflation, and that's what they wanted to see. Do I think they're going to raise interest rates one more time? Yes. Do I think two more times? I don't know. Do I think they're going to lower interest rates by the end of the year? I think probably not, but would I be surprised? Nope. Ultimately, the mistake that they made by saying inflation was transitory in 2021, I, it looks like, it looks like, and it's real, really, really early. It looks like they're in the ballpark of getting this one more right than wrong, but it's still too early to say. Roughly 70% of taxpayers are eligible for IRS free file, but only 2% used it in 2022. So if you made under $73,000, you can free file. I have no problem with you doing that. Zuckerberg announced a big buyback, and he also referred to Facebook's year as the year of efficiency. One minute. I like that. Wall Street likes that. Just throwing that down there for you. Tonight, we get more earnings report. This is my favorite 72 hours on Wall Street, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday during earnings season, where you get the big tech companies reporting. Now, there's other companies that I want to see their reports. I, I'm fascinated by it all, whether it be Ferrari or Cirrus XM or Harley Davidson. Um, I want to see it all. 30. We have one Democratic senator saying that TikTok should be banned from Facebook and from Google's store. TikTok's got a big congressional meeting in late March. Pay attention. I think it's going to be 
something that's argued about. Big seminar coming up February 9th in Cupertino, Juniper Hotel. Sign up for it today. It's free at robblackshow.com. It's filling up fast. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, insurance, investing, retirement, tax planning. I've been doing it for 25 years, give or take. I'll be doing it for 5, 10, 15 more. Through the years, I've learned that I'm not very good at covering a lot of depth in financial planning details, but I'm really good at talking markets. I'm really good at hints, tips, tricks, and much, much more. Um, But I defer to financial planners, and I'm really excited as I always am talking with financial planners and market strategists, EP Wealth has a CFP regional director, Stephanie Richmond. She's joining us right here, right now to talk about how she works, what she does, where she does it, when she does it, and much, much more. Stephanie, very excited to talk to you today. What's your role at EP? EP Wealth is a firm you and I both work for. Good morning, Rob. Uh, My role is as a, my role is a certified financial planner, advisor, and regional director in our Walnut Creek offices. And I work with people every day, just like yourself, by the way, uh, to help them with their overall financial picture. When you say just like myself, and that's referring to me, um, I have a financial planner at EP Well. His name is Brad. He works under CFP Chad Burton, and he helps talk with me and my spouse about our plans for our kids and our plans for their colleges and our plans for retirement. Do we want to retire in luxury? Do we want to retire as frugal people? And he does the tough work that sometimes me and my spouse can't do together. He kind of helps that relationship. So there's a relationship. You relate with people. Now, you mentioned that your role is also a regional director. That means you have a team with you in your offices in Walnut Creek, Lafayette, and Berkeley. Can you talk a little bit more about what a team is and isn't in financial planning? What a team is and isn't, yes. Uh, so a team is in the in in what we do, right? In serving our clients, is one where we pull different resources together to help you uh, build your financial plan to understand if you can do what you want to do with your life as you move from working, you know, working to retire or retiring to life. And the team consists of financial planners where their focus is, is taking all the information that you provide to me and putting that together in a financial planning tool that we use because we use financial planning software here at EP that's pretty complex. And we also call in other resources. So, uh, healthcare statistics, uh, inflation, uh, all types of things uh, supplied by our larger team, which consists of a portfolio management arm, a market strategist, et cetera, and 50 research analysts that are looking at macro uh, economic economic activity uh, around the world to, to supply us with the data needed to use as the backbone along with your numbers to see if you're going to be successful in doing what you want to do. Well said. What I like about it is, and this is kind of a funny industry. There's a lot of people who are loan rangers who are maybe stockbrokers and they have a team behind them. Or sometimes there's financial people who have made up titles like first vice president. I like the accreditation of CFP and I like that you have a team helping you to succeed. How long have you been doing this? And give us a little background on, on maybe your journey. 
Well, I've been working with individuals and couples for 30 years. I was just doing math this morning again in preparation for our conversation. And prior to that, I was actually a stockbroker. I was an institutional broker selling stocks to mutual fund managers. And I got my start overseas, actually, in Tokyo. Uh, I was working selling British stocks to Japanese fund managers. And everyone, everyone asked me, what's an American girl doing doing that? But I went from living in Japan for three years, um, selling British and eventually European stocks to shifting to Australia for a bit. And then I ended up in New York City, uh, right in the heart of Manhattan. And I had uh, clients that ranged, it's interesting, from the United Nations to Fidelity Mutual Fund Managers and more. And I did that in Manhattan for about a year. And I was actually in Manhattan as a stockbroker in 1990. And, you know, I think a lot of people have seen Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I was on the tail end of that. And I decided, you know, I I wanted something different. And that led me to take a gap year and consider what my next steps were. And I was very lucky. I had the money in the bank to do it. I had been saving religiously. Um, I'm always a believer in, you know, not spending what you don't have. But I also was looking to my future and I was able to take that gap year to reconsider where I wanted to be. And I decided I wanted to come back to California and basically make my way to working with people like myself, like you, mm -hmm. uh, like many of you out there to uh, help people determine what they should do with their money versus what mutual fund managers do with their money, if you will. Well said. You should start writing down some notes on your bio because I could see it as an HBO five season, five season show, starting off in Japan, <laughs> going to Australia, ending up in Manhattan, and then hitting the pyramid, the top of it, as a certified financial planner, helping clients with relationships. And the relating to people is super important. You've come up with a, a seminar that we're going to be you know, doing on a regular basis in 2023, 2024. Uh, find out more at com. Your title is fantastic. From working to retire to living your life. We've got about two and a half minutes left. Can you explain where that title came from? Yeah, absolutely. We came up with it here at EP just through lots of discussion, thinking about our clients' journeys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our own, frankly, how we all work really hard and how we are all trying to live our life while working really hard. And sometimes we, we find that a bit difficult, right? Because sure. um, I feel like, you know, our nature in America is to let work get in the way of life often. Mm -hmm. And what we all dream of, I think, is in many cases, because I understand very few people really are happy with their jobs. We can see that with the great quit in the last couple of years. But I I think that what we're all dreaming of is, you know, what would our life look like if we could paint like we've been wanting to for years or we could start traveling the world uh, uh, if we could spend more time with our grandchildren or other family members. But we just had time period to be to maybe to read a book and drink a good glass of wine and Often we don't get to do those things until we retire. And so that's how we came up with the title is, is through that sort of thought process and thinking about our clients and, and what, what we hear from them. Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. That was a 
think a quote by John Lennon, although it's been attributed to other people, but it's really well said. And he wrote the musical song, Beautiful Boy, and it it really allows your clients to focus on what's important to them. We've got about 30 seconds left. Any final thoughts that you want to throw in? Um, yes. You know, getting back to that, the seminars, what we're going to focus on is helping you focus on in on what your goals are, you know, helping, you know, encouraging you to to dream and also put pen to paper um, as to what you're trying, what you want to do. But we're also going to dig into some, we're going to dig into some numbers. We're going to talk to you about healthcare. We're going to talk mm-hmm. to you about inflation. We're going to talk to you about investing and how that's a tool to help support those dreams. Thanks very much. It's Stephanie Richmond. She's a CFP. She's a regional director with EP Wealth. We work together. We're going to be talking together often. Um, she's some of her team members on the show as well. You can find her at epwealth.com. It's epwealth.com. She's a regional director and a CFP. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com